Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another episode of uh, Masala PTI Boys and Girls, uh, the NBA Finals edition. Here's your host, Arvind, with my buddy, Ravi. Ravi, uh, first, how was your trip uh, down to Phoenix for actually being in the stadium for Game Game 5? How was that experience? Everything about that afternoon slash evening was just out of the world, Arvind. The true bucket list event. Except, mm-hmm. obviously, for the outcome of the game. Literally speaking, other than 6 minutes and 37 seconds, and I'll specify what it is, other than 6 minutes and 37 <laughs> seconds of the entire evening, everything else was just fantastic. The energy was amazing. Uh, you know, the Phoenix crowd uh, has totally proved me wrong from past years when I always used to say that uh, our city is a bandwagon fan community it's not i mean it was amazing to see the support and in fact the other buildings in downtown phoenix uh, arvind they all had uh, rally the valley flags like random oh, nice buildings. it was just nice it was just very festive uh, the 6 minutes 37 seconds obviously the first 6 minutes of the second quarter and the last 37 seconds of the game were what i thought were frustrating but no overall would not have uh, uh, you know uh, yeah, uh, repented this at all I'm glad you got to experience it and, and I, I could sense the energy both from the videos you sent as well as even on the TV, you know, the game live shots can be sometimes misleading. Sometimes it doesn't capture the energy that well, but that day I saw a few shots, which was like electric, but unfortunately, like you said, the, the result was not what Suns fans wanted. Let's talk about that. So essentially we are now staring at a, uh, elimination game first one in the playoffs i believe uh this playoffs i mean for the suns and you know in a couple of hours they'll be playing game six what do you expect i i am pretty much uh resigned to any any outcome obviously a game seven would be fantastic uh but the momentum is clearly on buck's side right and i feel like it would be i i find it hard for Bucks to blow this opportunity after what they have done the last three games, but still, you know, that's why we play sports, right? Uh, yes. We don't know the result, and if we knew, we wouldn't be watching. So, what are your expectations from a result perspective for tonight? So, uh, Arvind, you know, I ended that night, game, the night of game five, just kind of resigned to the fact that I think we are done. No team is going to go back home up 3 2 and lose that game. So I assume that it has been a great season. I was just being cautious to myself to not like curse and lament what happened in the NBA Finals too much because I think the Suns have overachieved in general. Having said that, I woke up the following morning looking at all the logical reasons why the Suns should win today. And the last two days have further ascertained that for me. I mean, I and I, you and I were just discussing a couple of minutes ago that we've been up by double digits in four out of the five games and at least by six points in all five games. Right. We've let go of an opportunity to actually have closed out this series. This series, if 
a couple of plays go our way should be 4-1 suns right now as we speak so to me if we can just take care of business mm-hmm. to me that means that we win today now that still doesn't mean that we go back for game 7 and win but tonight for some reason i feel just logically that the suns would have been wiser after the last two games and if they end up taking a lead they're not going to give it up i think the suns win tonight that's that's good to hear your optimism i i do feel like they need some adjustment right i don't know what it is maybe that's why the coaches make the big bucks right i do feel like the uh, bucks uh, you know coach bud gets ripped apart for not uh, making adjustments i think he's pretty bad with in game adjustments which might come in handy tonight by the way if monty does spring a surprise on him it's going to take him a while to adjust but overall ravi i feel like they have figured some things out through the series right i think byard is actually a good coach between games it's only during yes. the games he gets exposed sometimes and this this opinion is gaining momentum right uh, but i have had this since this series started when i'm really it's the first time i'm watching him closely i think ravi what they have found out through the series is a few things right they have uh, both teams are really short on productive bench players and role players but they seem to have found some combinations that work right better than we have as suns uh, on the sun side like for instance pat connaughton is playing more and more minutes through the series and he's being more and more effective right that guy is not scared yes. of anything he's hitting threes i would consider him as a huge x factor in that game 5 plus holiday uh, middleton the big three right yanis have all been pretty good even when they don't shoot they are productive they are making things happen the problem ravi is for the uh, suns chris paul has been hurt and deandre ayton i think his hands are full dealing with this monster of a uh, front line that they have size wise so even though ravi i don't know how you felt in person they all had great numbers but i didn't feel like anybody was impacting the game except booker on the sun side how did it feel yeah. in person with paul and deandre both of them had a 20 and 10, 10 game by the way yeah i know and i could not believe it in fact i did not one of the problems with going to a game live is you don't really keep an eye on the box score and as such i did not actually know that both of them had a 20 and 10 until you told me until you whatsapp right. me about it because right. i agree totally with you watching the game live especially aiton but paul as well paul other than i think the first part of the first quarter and the entire fourth quarter i thought the re- for the rest of the game paul was a liability on defense and mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know rubio like on offense nothing better than that yeah aiton, that's, that's yeah aiton was the one that i thought really disappointed me because paul's issues we have spoken in our last pod as well i think holiday is causing him problems and paul yeah. just doesn't seem to be right physically there is something wrong i'm sure we will know about it after the series aiton right. i thought was again reverting back to regular season form just wasn't going hard enough for rebounds there were at least three or four offensive rebounds that he ended up gently kind of not even volleyballing but gently tapping it and it invariably went to the bobby portises and pat connertons of the world so to me aiton was a disappointment despite his numbers but the larger yes. point that is true as well is even if we look beyond you know quote and quote the big 
to me bridges was kind of okay but crowder was big time problem in in game 5 and he was one of the guys along with campaign that i thought you know coming back home they would mm-hmm. really give give the team a boost and that did not happen so yeah you're right booker basically played a played a lone battle on yes yes five. and 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 what i'm getting at is basically this tim legler on espn was making this point right he is basically saying like you and i also think that they are ahead of schedule and they are basically overachieved right for whatever it's worth he actually thinks they are a player short they need one more creator slash wing defender slash whatever right they basically what he thinks is maybe that's i'm hoping that's michael bridges maybe next year right he's not there yet maybe uh essentially what he's saying is he's their one player shot which is an interesting way of putting it and that brings me to the x factor ravi i wonder if cam johnson should be seeing more minutes he because should because if you if you look at bridges and crowder right i somehow think that cam johnson can definitely take some of those minutes Yeah so I was thinking about it and uh, on the local sports radio there uh, in Phoenix uh, even I mean before the game as and especially after the game when you know everyone's in post mortem phase every most of the people were talking about how Cam or Monty should actually start Cam Johnson instead of Crowder to me that's a little bit of an you know uh, kind of an uh, not to do in game game 6 of an nba finals game but i completely agree that i think cam johnson needs to play more he actually did in game 3 he played more at uh, michael bridges's expense uh, right. and i think game 4 also he got more minutes but game 4 actually was a bad game for him in terms of plus minus overall though he's the one guy that i feel you can never say is going to take a bad shot crowder and tory craig and campaign these are guys who absolutely are you know have been a breath of fresh air this year but when things are bad they are also the ones that are more likely to take a completely unwarranted shot and i think that way cam johnson plays beyond his years or he, yes is much definitely wiser. and definitely. i think he should but but to legler's point by the way i hate tim legler but his point is well taken that they are missing one guy and you won't believe who i was thinking that in a in a in a crunch or in a in a scenario where booker's not on the court and paul is struggling we literally have no one who can create their own shot yes. so the guy and don't kill me for this but the guy i thought the suns could do well with in like in a in a beggars league would be mellow like you know <laughs> and i'm not so i'm not even shooting for the stars i was like all they need is the current version of the mellow level of a player that's all they need I- I see you working you you want him to sign him next year he's a free agent you know that right yeah and that's why agent. I was thinking again I've been thinking through this you know and we've discussed Rishon Holmes and Blake Griffin in the past I'm like that's all they need I mean to the larger point of what are we missing it's not a you know a, a, a grenade explosion we don't need someone you know to come in as a sure. heavy loaded guy it's that's the level of player we need Yes, yes. When you have the top two set, that's a, a good place to be in, right? But by the way, at the cost of patting ourselves on the back, Bill Simmons, I don't know if you heard him this latest part, he made the same point we have been talking about for many parts now, that Blake Griffin would have been a 
perfect fit for this team. oh is that right i have yes. not you know yes. i have avoided simmons in the last week or so since the suns went on a losing streak because i don't want to hear him talk about how he projected the bucks to win <laughs> true so with that yeah with all that said so basically i'm searching for answers here in terms of they need some juice from somewhere and the person i keep coming back to is cam johnson and even though in the last game ravi i'm just staring at this right now like he had the worst plus minus he was minus 19 but that can be a misleading stat sometimes yes. so that's that's i agree with legler too just like you said they are lacking that one extra punch but part of this is also ravi that bud is just you know with Drew Holiday is is able to lock up one or the other, not necessarily lock up, but slow them down. And on the other end, they're really humming uh, on several dimensions, right? First of all, they're offensive rebounding, they're running, they got Pat Connaughton shooting, you know, effective threes. It's it's been a, a something they have figured out through the series which is fascinating to me whereas for us starting with chris paul a bunch of stuff has gone on the bad direction as the series has progressed right and that's why we are here where their numbers are just fantastic from last game you can't believe that like i you know how did they lose this game shooting 55 from the field and 68% from 3 it's just yeah. unbelievable and you know and that's the problem is that it's very uh, unlikely in a game of this magnitude that you have two teams that kind of shoot the lights out right and that's what happened in game 5 but yes unfortunately what happens is if with that being the case all you need is one or two pivotal mistakes or one or two moments in the game where one team is far far better than the other that ends up becoming the difference and in this case again i keep going back to those first Five and a half, six minutes of the second quarter. I think the game was lost right there. Right. So in the last part, Ravi, I think I shared a stat with you where they were doing horribly without Paul or Booker, and they were doing good with either one of them. Right. Now the few more games down the road, that stat has been completely turned upside down. Right. They're yes. They're doing yes. well only with Booker. When he's off the court, it's just been a disaster. The last yeah. few games. and you know and to some extent and that's where i kind of was very disappointed with uh, chris paul's time in game 5 during the second quarter in some cases i agree with you the plus minus is misleading like cam johnson being a prime example uh, just as a point a case in point he was on the floor for those you know horrible yeah, second quarter minutes, minutes. Yeah, yeah but during those 6 minutes the suns went 1 of 10 the bucks went 7 of 8 and cam johnson touched the ball four times again these are the benefits of just you know see, sitting there and watching and i was like tory craig taking three three pointers crowder <laughs> taking two cam johnson barely touched the ball but to your point he ends the game with a negative 19 or negative 21 plus minus but right. in paul's case though i think there is validity to that stat that when booker is hasn't been on the floor especially in games 4 and 5 the suns have looked totally rudderless right right and, and it's it's and it's a cash 22 because I, i'm sure you've heard of the the other side of the fence uh, hags who have been talking about how booker has been trying to play hero ball at the expense of the suns success yeah uh, i don't know where that's, that's like a no win situation do you buy that i i i don't know where that came from actually so, i don't look see it that way what what, what about you 
so the guy that actually started it or i guess at least one of the guys that started it is uh, his name is matt something he he's, he's with the action network i think his twitter handle is haro hardwood paroxysm so oh okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah i know he's he's a big uh, analytics guy and uh, he basically brought up a bunch of stats see the my problem with stats is they're always you know looking back like right they're retroactive so they're not in the moment of what is happening what the defense is giving you and in those first few minutes of the third quarter which is when booker went absolutely batshit crazy he mm-hmm. just couldn't find anyone open so he just went you know yes he did play hero ball but he was making his shots the problem was the suns kept giving up three pointers on the other end that was the problem right right so so the on that note ravi so obviously we're looking at these numbers we're talking about how did they even lose this game right so you know uh, one of our common friends uh, derek who doesn't mm-hmm. have a dog in this fight he's a warrior fan he's neither a bucks fan or suns fan he made an interesting point which kind of shocked me a little bit he was saying that the suns defense is good but by the time they make bucks make the third pass they look confused which hmm. was a very interesting thought uh which is also not a good good commentary on the suns defense and his theory is you know when when suns even when the suns caught up to the bucks he's just like oh bucks stop moving the ball right this is what every coach says when the other team goes on a run oh we stop moving the ball right curves has said that like a million times for the warriors and things like that i always thought that's just a standard like stock answer but he really thinks that when the bucks move the ball the suns kind of have a problem with keeping up with that i didn't closely notice the exact positions that he was talking about but i was wondering if you had any comment on that especially being in the stadium because if i if that's the case uh, that that's not a good sign because that's either pointing to bad effort like to keep rotating or or bad coaching or something like that so derek uh, you know what so derek has kind of f- filled in the blanks to something that i did observe during the game but i wasn't able to put my finger on what it exactly was and it was exactly that that the third pass or basically mm-hmm. the extra pass that results is an in an open shot and i think the primary benefactor on uh, saturday was pat connerton uh, as well as i think bobby portis a couple of times each time crowder was the one who got lost in the shuffle like he was too late closing out right so, and i was wondering how is He, like you know how is this happening because obviously crowder individually as the, as well as suns as a team defense are always really good at closing out on the outside shooters except there was something jarring about it so derek i think derek nailed it that it is the extra pass that the bucks are making which right. obviously the clippers didn't denver for some reason uh, we didn't get killed i thought jokic would kill us with that Uh, the lakers don't play that way so that's fine but i think he's right and in fact more specifically it seems like our wing defenders whether it is bridges and crowder or even mm-hmm. cam johnson and crowder are the ones that uh, are killing us there yes so that's that's i think the bucks defense is way more disciplined in that on that front right i mean led yeah. by yanis of course he's and, awesome and uh, you know that Yeah, yeah their biggest advantage in this case is that they don't need to double booker so they are staying home with the uh, corner three uh, wings for us 
exactly that's uh, the other thing right so at the beginning of the series if you remember they said uh, this is a, a bad matchup almost for the bucks because they give up the most corner threes and suns have the best uh, corner three shooting team right now after four games into it it is completely flipped they have taken out away the corner threes and they are basically you know uh, just to regret uh, digress a little bit so apparently there has been a movement revi almost over the last uh, couple of years with certain teams that they actually allow corner threes which is kind I of see. weird right so bucks were one of them actually the boston celtics with brad stevens they are another ones they are not necessarily scared of open threes even if it's from the corner their defensive priorities have changed after the oh low don't give up threes moment for like 5 6 years now there is almost a contrary thinking right these are things they have all right people try to innovate and try to find any inefficiency in the system so i think bucks and boss celtics were two teams who actually were lenient in giving up open threes because they didn't want to whatever do whatever else that takes to cut it off right but looks like in this series going back to my point about bud making adjustments he has really committed to taking away the corner threes even though that's not what they have been doing over the last 2 3 years anyway with that said um yeah we have just a couple of minutes before we you know uh, uh you know get ready for game 6 and hopefully we have another part to celebrate a sun's victory and get ready for game 7 if not it's been a great season anyways uh i'm i'm really interested in seeing how they respond to to tonight's game i expect them to come in hot and uh, you know pretty good and then maybe bucks catch up and uh you know make life harder for them in the second half how do you see tonight's game flowing do you see a hot start from the suns or the bucks i actually see a hot start for the suns oh really so i was actually <laughs> maybe it is just me uh, assuring myself i actually see the bucks coming in all guns blazing i mean home at home hoping to kind of close out and win their first championship in i don't know how many years i think they will start hot is my assumption but i think the suns i mean this has been if nothing else this has been a very gritty team and i think yes. they will come back they will keep it close and again as i said maybe wishful thinking but i predict suns in a nail biter today nice yeah i mean one thing you have to say is this has been great finals ravi and the teams have not been scared this game the players not been sloppy because of nerves or anything like that kudos to both the teams and i have to say even even if i'm not a suns fan or a bucks fan i would enjoy this finals because it just there's something about it not featuring the super teams and all that right there's something about homegrown teams and homegrown superstars doing real well i think we were talking offline even as a suns fan it's kind of hard to hate yanus or this bucks team which i find it weird but i think the entire nba world is kind of enjoying this finals without all these super teams in it agree and i think uh, yeah you're right i mean i think these are for the most part two likable teams and deserved yes. teams and that way you know teams that have, have had uh, a long history of uh, waiting and waiting so i think uh, yeah can't go wrong either ways as a basketball fan uh, in general um, so so yeah looking forward to it hopefully as you said we get to talk again uh, in continuation of this series if not you know what i'm sure we will do a long pod talking about the 
pluses and minuses and what we can do next year yes definitely looking forward to it uh talk to you again soon let's see how game 6 goes go suns absolutely go suns hey.